The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Jesus said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then Jesus told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to myself, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be now? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I will be preaching from the first lesson from Colossians wherein St. Paul writes, So if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are from above, not the things that are on earth. For in baptism you have died and your life is hidden in Christ. Therefore, put to death, or choose to do away with, all earthly passions and desires. In baptism, you have stripped off your old self. You know, the one that wants to do all the terrible things. You have stripped off your old self in baptism and have clothed yourself with a new self, the one which is being renewed in knowledge according to the Creator. In this new way of living, there is no slave. All are free, for Christ is all and in all. You and I as Lutherans need to know and to remember that in baptism Christ enters us and remains with us always and forever. In this presence we are enhanced and nurtured in the faith and from that we then raise our children and grandchildren to be the way Christ wants us to be. There are lots of things that I did not like when I was growing up. There were many things in my upbringing that I wish had been different. But there are some things that I absolutely cherish. And I'm going to also get rid of this spider web. You didn't see it, but I did. As Pastor Diane indicated, I grew up in the Midwest. My father and her father were each born of Swedish immigrant people in Nebraska. And her father and my father 
both ended up attending Gustavus Adolphus College in St. Peter, Minnesota. There you can hear it, Minnesota. Her father became a lawyer and a governor. My father became a Lutheran pastor and served congregations in North Dakota and Nebraska. When I was eight years old, we lived in North Dakota. There it comes out, North Dakota. We lived near Fort Totten, which is a Native American Indian reservation not far from Devil's Lake. Anybody been there? My parents, even though they had five children of their own, decided to foster care three Indian children. Their father had fought in the Korean War, but when he came home from the war, he couldn't find any work. He became depressed. Life on the reservation is very difficult. He ultimately became so depressed that he tragically and ultimately took his own life. The mother of their three children was so poor and so distraught, she turned to prostitution. And my family, my mother and father, then decided to take the three children and raise them in foster care. The county had come in and taken the three children and were then placing them in foster care, and my family stepped up and did it. So we had these three children for one whole year. There were some kids in our town where we lived who would say things like, the only good Indian is a dead Indian, but my parents raised me differently and I learned differently. We had those children for a year, we cared for them, brought them back to full health, and we returned them to their grandparents who continued to raise them. I learned in that one small incidence that Christ is all and in all. My father had a friend from college who lived in Laredo, Texas. And once a year, he would make the trip from North Dakota down to Texas, and he would worship with the Mexicans across the border in New Laredo. I remember the souvenirs he'd bring back and wonder, what was life like in Mexico? But most importantly, I learned that Mexicans loved Christ as much as I did. In that same time period, around 1960, my mother's childhood home in Lincoln, Nebraska, was bequeathed to her after her mother's death. Our, mother, our family rehabbed the house and rented it to a family who at that time were known as Negroes. I remember that going from North Dakota to Nebraska and visiting the family and checking on the house one summer, I ended up playing with the children of that house, and we even went with them to the community pool. Again, friends of mine back home questioned me, saying, why would I go to a colored pool? To me, it was nothing. I had been raised 
well and differently. It felt natural to go swimming with whomever was going that day. As I said, how we are raised matters. Later on, I attended a Lutheran college, Concordia, in Moorhead, Minnesota. It was an all-white school, but in the second semester of my second year, I had the opportunity to attend Virginia Union University in Richmond, an historically black college that was founded in 1865. And I was able to go to that school because it was, we had an exchange program where for a semester, a handful of us white students in Minnesota traded places with a handful of black students from Virginia Union. In that spring of 1969, I learned more about life, history, shame, inequity, and hope more than in any other year in all of my higher education. I was inspired and enabled to attend that school because of how I was raised. Later on, that decision to attend Virginia Union helped influence my decision to take a call in Coatesville, just an hour west of here. Coatesville was then, and is more so now, an ethnically and economically diverse community. Today, the public school district is one-third black, one-third Hispanic, and one-third white students. The dominant religion is Christian, but very diverse in its expressions. We decided to move to Coatesville because of its diversity. How I was raised has mattered in my life. St. Paul writes, <clears throat> if we have been raised in Christ, we need to seek the things above. We need to set our minds on the things that are above and not on the things of this earth. He goes on to say, strip yourselves of the old self, or as Martin Luther would say, put off the old Adam, and triumphantly put on Christ, be renewed according to the image of the Creator. And exactly what would that mean to be renewed in the image of the Creator? Well, as he says and explains, in that renewal, there is no longer Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, for Christ is all and in all. Jesus loves the little children of the world, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jews, those who were circumcised, were the first to hear the gospel. Greeks who were uncircumcised heard it next. And according to Paul, in Christ, there is no difference between Jew and Christian. There is no difference between those who have been made in the image of God. Furthermore, 
Paul goes on to say, there are barbarians and Scythians. Barbarians are those who could not speak Greek and were considered to inhabit a lower class of society. Scythians were a ruthless, nomadic people with Iranian ancestry who lived in the area of today's Crimea and southern Russia. According to St. Paul, all of them were made in the image of the Creator as well. So there's no difference between Jew and Greek, barbarian and Scythian, slave or free. All of them, he said, are in Christ, and all of them have equal status in the eyes of God with the rest of us. So when we say we are in Christ, there are no distinctions between us and them. That means that Christ was present in the three Native American children my parents helped through a really rough time. You could say we entertained Christ in our home when we invited them to live with us. And the black children in Nebraska, they too, created in the image of God, who lived in my mother's childhood home, they too became beacons of Christ in my young eyes. For in their collective history, they bore the marks of Christ on their bodies and shared with me Christ's holy presence. And yes, my father saw Christ in the Mexicans he worshipped with in New Laredo. I saw Christ in my black roommate at Virginia Union University. I saw Christ in the farmers and college professors in my first call in Macomb, Illinois. I saw Christ in the Pennsylvania Dutch members of the congregation I served in Quakertown just up the road from here. And I see Christ in the neighborhood in which we now live. There is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male or female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. So says St. Paul. How does this truth manifest itself here at Upper Dublin? Well, certainly as you relate to the good people at Cathedral Church in the Northeastern Diocese in Lushoto, Tanzania, there you will see Christ alive and well, not only in the people of that congregation, but in their entire nation. You may or may not know this, but Tanzania is the only country in the continent of Africa in these post-colonial days that has never had a civil war. Despite the fact that they are very diverse in their community, they have a third of their people be Muslim, a third of their people are Christian, and a third of their people are worshiping in their indigenous ways. But they come together as a nation 
and they work at staying one nation even though they have a huge diversity. You might ask your next visitors who come from Tanzania how they do it. We in these United States could learn how to come together and stay together. And now this past week, there have been shootings. A scourge upon this nation, and may I simply quickly add, the shooters are not Mexicans or people from Central America. The shooters are people like Dylan Roof, who was the shooter in South Carolina, who was raised in the Lutheran Church. Shootings amongst us has got to stop. And one small way you and I who have Christ living in us can do our part is that we know somebody, or maybe we don't, but we've heard of somebody who has had a thought of doing some of this evil. If you have heard of anyone even remotely thinking of doing such a thing, we have to speak up, say something, do something. We can do that. Yes, Christ lives in us. And in a few moments, we are going to gather at this table. We're gathering at this table every week, are we not? To receive Christ into our bodies and into our hearts. When you and I receive that bread, we are told this is the body of Christ given for you. And we take that body of Christ and we ingest it. We put it into our bodies. In, in some real way, Christ enters us. And we walk out of here as representatives of Christ in this world. And if we are representing Christ, then we need to do the things that Christ would do. So let us pray for ourselves that we might truly understand what it means to be in Christ and for Christ to be in all. Let us truly seek to see Christ in the image of all those whom we meet in our neighborhoods and down the street and across the world so that we may discover the peace that passes all understanding. Amen.